Grace and peace to you, friends. Welcome to the Oak Tree Journeys. I am Mandy Oaks, and you are listening to the Encyclopedia Challenge. And today is Independence Day, so happy Independence Day. I look out for a bonus video and podcast. I'm very excited about it, but that will be later today. So what is the Encyclopedia Challenge? Well, if this is your first time here, uh, the Encyclopedia Challenge is uh, where I read the entire encyclopedia to you. You don't have to read along. You don't even have to own an encyclopedia. Um, all you have to do is listen. And if a word sparks your interest um, and you want to know more about it and you don't have time to look it up, uh, send me an email at theoaktreejourneys.com um, or uh, comment below if you're on YouTube. And uh, let me know what that word is. And if I get five or more words, we'll do a bonus video deep dive into those words. And if we get a lot of words, well, we'll just stretch it out into more than one bonus video. So it's very exciting. We have three words so far uh, for our deep dive. And if you want to know what those words are, they are starred on my website, theoaktreejourneys.com. Click on Encyclopedia Challenge. And there you will find an entire list of all the words with links to the YouTube videos and podcasts um, of all of the words we've gone over so far. And three of those words are starred, so that's what the star means, is that we will go into a deep dive of those three words. <clears throat> so if uh, without uh, further ado, and I want to just hop in here. Uh, but before I do, I just want to say if you are doing fireworks today, uh, please be very careful. I've already burned myself yesterday, uh, lighting one of them for, for my niece and nephew, so so that was fun. So please, please be careful today. Uh, so let's go ahead and jump in. Uh, we stopped with Abraham Men, and it wasn't what I thought it was going to mean. Um, so we stopped there last, uh, actually yesterday. <clears throat> And the next word is, let me see if I can pronounce this correctly. I practiced before uh, I started recording, but let's see. Let's see how well I do. It's abrangkieta, abrangkieta, and that's spelled okay. A as in apple, B as in banana, R as in Romeo, A as in apple, N as in Nancy, C as in Charlie, A as in hat, I as in igloo, A as in apple, T as in Tom, A as in apple. And that is a noun, and uh, it means applied to animals which are destitute of gills or organs adapted for breathing air dissolved in water as the leech, earthworm, etc. Abron chelate, destitute of gills or brinchiae. Bronchii, sorry. All right, and I am reading uh, from the New Imperial Encyclopedia and Dictionary of 909. And uh, if you're on YouTube, you can see that on your screen. And we will go, uh, there are two words today that we'll go strictly to the Encyclopedia Americana for. Um, but right now we're in the New Imperial Encyclopedia and Dictionary of 1909. Okay, so the next word is a name, a Bronte's Duke of, but it says, see, do not. 
J, that, and that's J is in Jack, U is in Umbrella, N is in Not, <laughs> O is in October, and T is in Tom. So there is no definition of who Duke of Umbrantes is until we get to the J's. Okay, and the next word is Abraxas, and we do need to go to the Encyclopedia Americana of 1956 for that one. And this is a neat-sounding word, Abraxas. So we'll find out what it means. This is a word used by the Basilidians to designate emanations from the supreme power. When written in Greek letters, these letters, computed num numerically, have the value of 365, the mystic number, so often inscribed on the stones used by the Basilidians agnostic school. These stones are cut in different forms and bear a variety of capricious symbols, most often a human body with a fowl's or lion's head and snakes for limbs. The word abraxas, probably der derived from the Hebrew, was applied to the Basilidians, not to the highest deity, but to the spirits of the world collectively. Gnostic symbols were later adopted by all sects given to magic and alchemy. Therefore, there is little doubt that most of the Abraxas stones containing Kabbalistic forms were made in the Middle Ages as talismans. And uh, it says to consult King C.W., the Gnostics and their remains, published London, 1887, Schaff Herzon, Encyclopedia of Religious Knowledge, New York, 1908-1912, so they're referencing something that is in the 19, early 1900s, Trachtenberg, J., Jewish Magic and Superstition, A Study in Folk Religions, New York, 1939, and Ryland's L.G., Beginnings of Gnostic Christianity, New York, 1940. Now, that's the 1956 definition from the Encyclopedia Americana. So let's go back to the New Imperial Encyclopedia and Dictionary of 1909. And this actually says Abraxas stones. So they're just not, they're not just calling it Abraxas, but Abraxas stones. And I know I've referenced this before, but some of these words do seem to be derived from J.K. Rowling. And it kind of reminds me of, of her Harry Potter series, but... I know I said that a couple of times already, but it's just kind of cool. It has this like fantasy type thing to it. All right, so Abraxas stones, so called from having the word Abraxas or Abraxax engraved on them. They are cut in various forms and bear a variety of capricious symbols, mostly composed of human limbs. Oh, so they're okay. A fowl's head and serpent's body. These gems, whose value and significance have been greatly exaggerated, are common in collections and are represented as coming from Syria, Egypt, and Spain. It is certain that the use of the name Abraxas was at first peculiar to the Gnostic sect of the Basilidians, and probably the word by taking the numerical value of its Greek letters may signify the number 365, so that there is no need to have recourse to Old Persian of Egypt. Egyptian, as is sometimes done. The Basilidians, however, did not designate by this name the highest deity, but the spirits of the world collectively. At a later period, the doctrines and practices of the sect were carried by the Presleitianists to Spain, whence many of these stones are got. 
Gnostic symbols were afterwards adopted by all sects giving to magic and alchemy, and thus there is little doubt that the greater part of the Abraxas stones were made in the Middle Ages as talismans. So they say about the same thing, they're just, said, uh, one just calls them Abraxas and the other calls them Abraxas stones. Okay, and the next word is abreast. And uh, that means side by side, keeping equally forward, opposite to, over against. And the next word is abrenounce, which is a verb, to renounce wholly, to reject absolutely. Abrenunciation, noun, the act of renouncing absolutely. So abruption is the next one, and that's a noun, and that means a carrying away. And that's abruption, and that's uh, with a is an apple, B is in boy, R is in Robert, E is in Edward, P is in Peter, T is in Thomas, I is in Igloo, O is in October, and N as in Nancy. Okay, so the next word is abridge, which is a verb, to shorten by using fewer words to make anything shorter or less, to epitomize, abridging, abridged, abridger, one who abridges or makes less, abridgment, noun, the sub... A thing made less in size or extent, the substance of a larger work in a shorter form, an epitome, in Old English, to abridge from or of, to cut off from, to deprive of, synonym of abridge, to abbreviate, curtail, con contract, of abridgment, compendium, epitome, digest, summary, abstract, drought, synapsis, precise. Well, their uh, definition was not abridged, was it? <laughs> Just a little humor there. All right, abroach. So that's that's not approach, but a broach, with a B as in boy, which is a verb, to pierce a barrel of liquor with a sharp instrument to let out liquor as from a cask, in a position to run out or yield the contained liquor, in a state to be spread or diffused afloat. And our next word is abroad. Just double check my list. Oh, abroad. And uh, that is spread far and wide, at large, in the open air, beyond the limits of a place, as a house, to a foreign country, widely. And with that, we are going to pause, uh, take a, a break with abroad. And when we come back, we will look at abrogate and the next word will be abrogate so enjoy your break and again a happy fourth of july if you're going to go shoot fireworks on the break again please be careful and i'll see you in just a few minutes welcome back hope you enjoyed your break i know i did i grabbed some orange juice because it is super early in the morning i know i either grab hot tea or coffee but this time it was orange juice Okay, so we left off with abroad um, before break, and now we're going to abrogate. That kind of sort of rhymes, maybe. Okay, so abrogate, abro <laughs> abrogate is a verb. It means to repeal, to abolish, to make void. Abrogating, abrogated, abrogation, the repeal of a law by authority abrogable, 
that may or can be repealed, synonym of abrogate, to annul, repeal, abolish, make, void, set aside, revoke, cancel, recall. And the next word is coming from the Encyclopedia Americana of 1956, which is abrogation. Switch over. Okay. Abrogation. A term derived from canon and Roman law signifying the complete repeal or annulment of an authoritative decree. Abrogation may be effected either by an enactment of a new law that expressly declares the abolishment of the older one, or simply by the acceptance of another law whose provisions can contradict it. The latter form is called implied abrogation. In common law, the abrogation of a law re-establishes the pre-existing statutes which were abrogated by that law. A legal act involving only a partial repeal is called derogation, while the term abrogation implies both partial and total annulment. Okay, and that was from 1956. Now the 1909 one actually says abrogation of laws. So it may be a little similar. The destruction or annulling of a former law by an act of the legislative power or lay usage. Abrogation is expressed when it is literally pronounced by the new law, either in general or particular terms. It is implied when the new law contains provisions positively contrary to the former laws without expressly abrogating such laws. It is implied also when the order of things for which the law had been made no longer exists, and hence the motives which had caused its enactment have necessarily ceased to operate. Okay, so there we go. Got abrogation and abrogation of laws. Right, now the next word is abrupt. Okay, abrupt. And it means to broken, means a broken off, broken, steep, unconnected, sudden, unceremonious in words or act. In botany, looking as if a part were cut off. This is in dot in Old English, broken, steep ground, abruptly, with undue haste, hastily, ruggedly, abruption, noun, a sudden and violent breaking off. Abruptness, noun, steepness, suddenness, unceremonious, haste, or vehemence. Synonym of abrupt, rugged, rough, broken, hasty, sudden, unexpected, disconnected, blunt, unceremonious. And the next word is abrus, which is a genus of plants of the natural order, Legomenosa, suborder Papilionaceae of which the only known species, Abrus percatarius, is a shrub originally belonging to India, where it is chiefly found in clay, clay-y soils, and that's clay-e-y, clay-e soils, but now not uncommon in the West Indies and other tropical regions. The roots possess properties exactly similar to those of the common licorice. The seeds are nearly spherical, as large as small peas, of a scarlet color, with a black scar and are familiar to most people in Britain, being used as beads. They are, they are a narcotic 
In India and Australia, they are known to be poisonous, and a number of causes. Ca- <laughs> excuse me, and a number of cases of cattle poisoning by means of this plant have been reported. Okay, so it sounds like something you want to keep away from animals, definitely. Okay, and let's compare that to the Encyclopedia Americana. Let's see, it's probably going to be about similar, uh, except the words are going to be spelled a little differently. I can already see. So some they spell peas, P-E-A-S-E. So all right, so abris in the Encyclopedia Americana of 1956, a plant of the order legume. <laughs> so there, it's legumes. Uh, they're in the order of legumes and of the pea family. Occurring in the tropical regions of Asia and the Americas. Five species of the gen- genus are known, of which Abrus fricatarius, or Indian licorice, is the most important. Its vines bear scarlet colored seeds with black dots, which once represented standard weights or roti in India. They are still used there as beads for bracelets and rosaries, hence the name fricatarius, which means prayer. The roots of the plant contain a sugary substance resembling glycerin, and from the seeds is extracted the alkaloid abrin, a toxic substance that acts as a strong irritant for the mucous membranes. So there we've got a different, a little bit different. So I believe the 1909 said there was only one species, and now in 1956 they found five species. So this is another reason why it's good to compare. Um old books to new books because there may be new information that we didn't know about um, before. Alright. So let's go back to the encyclopedia the new Imperial Encyclopedia Dictionary. Okay. To Abruzzo. So that's a fun word to say. Abruzzo. And that is a district of Italy Poor Mary, the northeast corner of the Kingdom of Naples, and divided into three parts, Abruzzo, Ulterior, first and second, and Abruzzo, Siderar. These three divisions correspond to the present Italian provinces, Chieti, Teramo, and Aquila, respectively. The whole district contains about 5,000 square meters, or square miles, and 1,951 to 781 habit, inhabitants. Its chief towns are Chieti, Teramo, Aquila, Salmona. It forms the wildest and loftiest portion of the Apennines. The streams are numerous, but the only river of any consequence is the Pescara, which flows into the Adriatic. The rent and jagged mountain groups arrange themselves in picturesque shapes, reaching in Il Gran Sasso di Italia, or the Great Rock of Italy, which is the highest of the chain, the elevation of 9,800 feet. The highland slope precipitously on all sides, but especially towards the northeast shore. The climate of Abruzzo is raw in the higher regions. Snow rests on the hills from October to April and on the some of the peaks all the year round. But the valleys are extremely fertile. Though husbandry is in a wretched condition and the low open plains are left without the slightest protection from indonations of the rivers in spring or means of irrigation in the arid summer. 
Dense forests of the oak and fir clothe the sides of the mountains. At the base, almond, walnut, and other fruit trees grow abundantly. Olives in the deep-lying valleys. Fine cattle pasture in these regions. Herds of swine roam through the lofty pine woods. And the remoter fa fastnesses are the haunt of wild animals. Sounds like a really neat place to go. Alright, in Absalom. Or Absalom. Okay, and if you know the Bible, you know who this person is. If you don't, then buckle up. Um, there's a long history, much longer uh, than, than the Encyclopedia and Dictionary saying, um, as is sometimes the case. So I encourage you to, to look him up. Uh, he's in Second uh, Samuel. So he's the third son of David, king of Israel, remarkable for his beauty and for his unnatural rebellion against his father. By popular acts, he contrived to win the affections of the people and then stirred up a formidable rebellion. The adherents of the king rallied around him, and a battle was fought in the forest of Ephraim, in which the rebels were defeated. In the flight, as Absalom was riding under a tree, his hair caught in the branches, and he was left suspended, in which position Joab, the commander of David's army, thrust him through, contrary to the king's express orders that he should be spared. The grief of David for his loss was excessive. So see Second Samuel. Um, eighteen, I believe is what that says. Okay, Second Samuel eighteen. All right. Then we have Absalom, and uh, that is an Archbishop of Lund. <clears throat> Excuse me, but we don't get to know who he is until we get to AX, because it says C-axle. Okay, so the next word is abscess, which is a noun. Collection of pus in any organ or tissue of the body, one of the results of inflammation. Abscesses are divided into two classes, acute and chronic. An acute abscess is characterized by the usual signs of inflammation, heat, pain, swelling, Redness, in addition to a distinct elevation and a sense of fluctuation, obtained in palpita palpation. There are also some constitutional disturbances as fever varying in degree according to the severity of the inflammation process. An abscess acute or chronic is due to the action of bacteria, and though an abscess may follow a blow or injury, the pus from such an abscess will be found always to contain bacteria. The pus formed in an abscess follows the line of least resistance. In a superficially seated abscess, this is toward the surface, but in a deep-seated abscess, the course of the pus will be determined by the opposition it meets from the tissue which it encounters, particularly from the membranes enveloping and separating the muscles. Thus, in a so-called psoas abscess, though the pus may come from the breaking down of the body of one or more of the lumbar vertebrae, the line of least resistance is along the course of the psoas magnus muscle, and the pus will be discharged in the groin. Abscess chronic or, no, excuse me, a chronic, chronic or cold abscess lacks some of the signs of an acute abscess, there being no heat or redness, and unless the tension be very great but little pain. The chief characteristic of a cold abscess is its lining membrane erroneously called the pyogenic pus-forming membrane, but which is in a reality a barrier erected by nature against the further encroachment of pus. 
A cold abscess is sometimes of months' duration and may reach an enormous size containing quarts of pus. The treatment of an abscess is directed toward the removal of the pus which it contains. An acute abscess is best opened by the surgeon's knife with antiseptic precautions, but in the case of a cold abscess, it may be better to remove the pus by an aspirator or even in certain cases to wait until the abscess opens spontaneously. So with that gross definition, let's move on to absend, which is a verb. It means to cut off, to sever, absending, absended. And let's uh, do one more, and then we'll leave you to your 4th of July plans um, until the bonus video. So, abscis, or abscissa, is a noun, and it means a part cut off, a part of the diameter, or a segment of a conic section, or conic section, the segment of a diameter included between its extremity and its intersection with an ordinate. See parabola. Abscission, noun, a cutting off, sudden termination. And with the sudden termination, I hope you have a wonderful 4th of July. Don't forget the bonus uh, video and podcast uh, coming later today. Very, very excited about it. Um, and uh, just enjoy your 4th of July. I hope you get to spend it with family and friends. And uh, be careful with those fireworks, please. Uh, again, I've already burnt myself. And uh, it's just a small burn, but it, man, did it hurt. All right, but uh, have a great 4th of July and God bless you.